I eat the fish. I understand you eat the fish. But when you clean the fish, you can't just leave the fish head and guts and shit in the sink because the whole house smells like a bait station. So you gotta put it in the trash and then take the trash out. Do you understand? Yes, I eat the fish. Motherfuck! Recording to you from Studio 212, South Lake Gideon, Seattle, Washington. This is episode 78 of Grill Hall Steak, Mr. 10 Minutes Out. 10 Minutes Out is that with rest? You know, it's not. It's not with rest, so add another five to that. 15 out? Oh, so now we're going <laughs> to... I am your host, Bobby Stills, across from me. Johnny Toonami. Johnny Toonami. Me and Johnny even argued about the introduction about with rest. We've recorded this intro probably about four times. We keep laughing so much. No, you keep laughing because you think you're <laughs> hilarious and you're not. <laughs> uh, my fans will say different, okay? Okay. They're like, that black guy on your show sounds angry. <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are a part of the Soundcasting Network. Uh, our producer... A.K.A. Queef Boogie, A.K.A. Invisible Producer, A.K.A. The Man with Too Many Kids, A.K.A. What else? What are A.K.A.s? He only has two. He's only got two. We'll make up some new ones. The, nah, the Risotto King, <laughs> A.K.A. Risotto Balls. Um, yeah, he's not here today, uh, but he's been covering for me since I've been out of town. I've been out of town for like fucking running around for two weeks. So, a lot going on. Johnny Tsunami, what's going on with you? Not much. Just getting ready for the birth of my child. Yes. What's his name? Uh, his name is Reginald. <laughs> no, you lie. <laughs> that is not his name. It is. No, it's not. You told me his name. Reginald Featherbottom. <laughs> the Fed. <laughs> Reginald Featherbottom. Okay, we're gonna keep making up names until <laughs> that baby pops out. Then we'll we'll do the reveal, the, the name reveal. Now you did a reveal this year, right? A gender reveal. Yeah. A gender reveal. How does that work? Can you explain? Do you know what it is before? No. So we got an envelope that had the baby's gender in it, and we I gave it to a friend of mine who's also a pastry chef, and she baked me a cake, and then I had a party with all my friends and family, and then we cut into the cake and the icing in the middle. So the way she did it was a three-tier cake, and the um, when you cut into the cake, the outside frosting it's was white, white. but a, like inch inside the cake as well is also white, so you can't really see it until you pull the whole piece of cake out. So then you pull it out and then like three inches of the inside of the cake is like all blue and stuff like that and uh we're like oh my god it's a boy so now you know, you know if i was there i'd just smash that fucking cake that's why you don't invite me nowhere uh i don't invite you nowhere for other reasons but <laughs> <laughs> i'd have been like ah, i just threw the cake at somebody Three ways. I, I, I saw a really good gender reveal where a guy shot a basketball into a hoop that had a and, balloon with powder in it. Yeah, and the nets it swished and, yeah. and the it popped and it's like, yeah. oh, it's a girl. And he was like, oh shit. Okay, what's going on at work? Uh, not much is going on. Just switch schedules to work a, a couple more days so I can spend a little bit more time um, getting ready for this baby uh, and stuff like that. And uh, it's been fun. Nothing spectacular. Actually, um, Esquire came and ate recently. Uh, a couple food critics from Eater came in and ate. 
one food writer came in or food blogger came in four times in a week. New York Times. Uh, Seattle Times. I don't know what I think it might have been an eater blogger. You said for the times. No, 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 no. I said eight four times. Oh, four times. Yeah. Oh, I was like, oh, New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> bad, bad I mean, bougie. we've been in New York Times and Wall Street Journal and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that's legit. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, eating anywhere? No. Nothing. I mean, I ate at my at the restaurant I work at, and that was delicious. But I, was, I wasn't invited. Yeah. We've been over this, Robbie. Close we, friends. We have to <laughs> only close friends. <laughs> Bitch. You hang out with some marks right uh, now. I don't hang out with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Your family. All right. Uh, what's going on with me and work? I haven't been working. Uh, actually, I've been building a bar. I've told everybody this a million times. I don't know. Whatever. My restaurant. I can't wait for it to open. Uh, hello, Echo Hawk. Uh, I'm sorry if you're listening to this. Uh, I'm going to figure out when we're going to be opening. Brian, I'll figure that out. I told you. Derek. I told him, too. It's like, don't quit your job. You know, uh, Restaurants, you say, are going to open up at a certain time. Everybody knows this. Listen, people. If you are thinking about going to a new restaurant, me and Johnny have worked at many new restaurants, and we never quit our job ahead of time. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get the exact date it's opening, like the final, final date that it's opening. Like, we need you on this date, and we'll say, I can be there a week after that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because we just want to make sure. Because then even then, they go, no, the doors are opening this day. They're still don't open that day. That's probably a month later. Yeah. So, um, no. So, I've been on the summer of Robbie. I, I do this about every two years. I take off for about four or five months. Um, I remember when I left Oddfellows, I was off for until the new restaurant opened up. I was out of work for yeah. You left five fellas pretty fast, hella fast. <laughs> I took off, I was off for four months after that, but I usually save up a, a fair amount of money because I know that I'm leaving. Yeah, and I'll do extra work because I know that I'm leaving, and then I take the summer off. It's so beautiful here in Seattle, so I've been traveling. So I went fishing with uh, my girlfriend Hannah. Um, I went with her father uh, to go fishing in Alaska. That's cool. It was me and the boys. So, and my girlfriend really enjoys fishing. Uh, we went to Montana last year. We're going back to Montana this year, which is really nice. Um, a lot of people don't enjoy enjoy fishing with their significant others. I do because my girlfriend makes me laugh a lot. So, but I went with her father and some of her father's friends and her uncle, and we went to Alaska. Did she make her own fishing run? I feel like that's you got jokes, dog. I no, did. she didn't go. <laughs> She didn't go fishing. Oh. I went fishing. No. Maybe a fishing rod. So we went fishing. We had a charter boat. Uh, we went to Sitka, Alaska, and we went fishing for uh, salmon. Uh, we caught three different kinds of salmon. We caught uh, silvers, which I guess are coho. You're a coho. Mm-hmm. We caught king. We caught a... What's the other one? Um... I don't know. Uh, halibut, link cod, yellow eye. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah. And uh, Derek, I'd like to thank uh, Derek. He was our captain. And I want to thank Bailey. He was our deckhand. And I actually interviewed Bailey. Oh. So do you want to listen to it, Johnny? I mean, I think you're going to play it either way. <laughs> I don't have to if you don't want to listen to it. No, it's fine. Let's do it. All right. We'll talk about him after we listen to this. All right. So let's see. State your name. Bailey Wallace. How old are you? 18. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Sitka, Alaska. Okay. Um, and uh, how long have you been working on boats? Since I was eight. Since you're eight years old. Yep. 
and we were on whose boat is this now? Derek Floyd's. What's the name of the boat? The Angler. The Angler. And yes. how long have you been working on this boat? For since I was twelve. Now you do you consider this commercial fishing? No, charter fishing. Charter fishing. Yeah. Have you ever done commercial yeah. fishing? I hand troll with one of the other guys. And how long are you up here? I'm up here till August 23rd. When this the, when's the start of when's the start? May. And then where do you live besides that? Colorado. Colorado. Steamboat Springs. Steamboat Springs. What do you do there? Uh, just been going to school, and I graduated high school this year. So you go to high school in Colorado. Yeah. And you come up here and work the summers. Yep. But you were born here. Yes. Right. When did you move to Colorado? When I was two, I think my parents moved down there. All right. So, and they, do they work in the industry? Yes. They. That's how I started fishing. Was my dad owned another charter company up here that worked with the cruise ships, and I started with them. Why don't you work with them? Just had to fly the nest there. So you pay better? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So what got me, what made me so interested is so I've been in the industry for. I want to say over 15 years now, and I probably learned how to started butchering fish about maybe 10 to 12 years ago. But no matter how long I've been doing it, you're super fast. <laughs> yeah, I got. You got to get fast when the silvers come around. That's how I really got yeah. fast with the knife, because you'll have like 40 or whatever silvers Jeez. a day, and then you got to clean. You got to clean them all. I've never gotten to the dock without having them all finished, though. Got a clean record. Um, but that's not on this boat. That's all on this. That's boat. on this boat. I start. I mean, I started cleaning with my dad's boats. Yeah. But on those boats, we didn't catch nearly as many fish as on as on this one. So I, I really got fast on this one. And the, the boat is moving pretty fast while you're doing it. Yeah. That's kind of what amazed me. Yeah. And no, I've gotten used to it over the years. Any cuts, any injuries? Not for a while. I've got <laughs> I've gotten efficient. I had I've had some some in the past, but I've been good about it the past couple of years. Okay. Um, so. and then you have I mean, I know you probably don't think of that as the restaurant industry, but I mean some of the fish you're catching professional i mean like commercially are going toward to restaurants oh, right yeah. do you know yeah. do you know where any of them end up at the king salmon i don't know so we bring them all in and we sell them to one of the processors in town one of the yeah. fish plants and then they just get distributed but grow i think a lot of they go to grocery stores yeah probably restaurants too but i mean yeah they're that king people are eating all over so have you ever been to any restaurants that have served any of your product that you know of i don't i don't know all right now do you cook a little bit i'm oh. not the best <laughs> tell you what i can cook some fish but <laughs> that's about that's it about it what is uh what's your favorite thing to fish for king salmon for king sure. salmon king salmon now what which what what style so we were trolling yesterday and then what did you call it when we were just and then mooching and then mooching yeah so i i like trolling i think i i prefer to mooch yeah. if i was if i was fishing like in your guys's yeah, perspective it's a lot of fun to mooch especially because mooching means the fishing's good too yeah and it's fun to reel into your own fish and yeah hook them on your own so all right king salmon and mooching uh and now what what all have you fished for i mean I mean, just the everything around here, king, halibut, 
rockfish species, all that stuff. And then I've done some warm water fishing for tarpon and things like that, and I fly fish back home. Yeah. But I'm definitely the ocean fisherman, not the fly fisherman. <laughs> uh, what's the furthest you guys go out out here? In, Just snipe. In, yeah. Snipe is the furthest we'll go. And uh, Two hours. No seasickness for you? Nope. It doesn't happen anymore? I've gotten close once or twice, cleaning a lot of fish in a big ocean. I've gotten close. But right. I've never, I've never chucked. Um, now, when you're in, do you have, is, is this the only place in the U.S. that you worked commercially? Yeah. Or chartering? Yes. So just yes. Sitka. Just Sitka. And um, mostly, mostly a lot of tourists. Yep. Any locals? Uh, I could think of one or two trips that were locals. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now, when you're in Colorado, what do you like to eat there? I love sushi. Sushi is my favorite <laughs> food by far. <laughs> it's not the best in Colorado, but uh, it it works. And we bring home a bunch of salmon and stuff. Yeah. So I eat a lot of that. And that's what I'm most excited about. Greg, he you know he fishes a lot in the San Juans, and uh, so his freezer is pretty much always stacked with something. Yeah. And it's like, I you know. We're pretty spoiled in Seattle, you know, we get a yeah. lot of fresh seafood, right, right. but nothing like that fresh. It is good. So, yeah, I love the salmon. Now, does that make you pretty popular back home? It it makes for a good gift. <laughs> Substituting fresh king for just about anything. <laughs> Drive the teachers a little bit, you know, so it's good to have around. Um, okay, and you start college this year, right? Yep. All right, and you're going to school for what? Pre-med. You don't want to be a fisherman? Like, uh, <laughs> you know, one of my angles with that is uh, medicine is a lot of schooling, and that just means more fishing for me. Oh, that's uh, that's right. I'm thinking yep. about that. Yep. Yeah, eventually with the fish cleaning, <clears throat> I just kind of had a one day I just like had a breakthrough, and it I just started going a lot faster. You're quick. And the shit. And the having a really sharp knife. Yeah, you guys, but see, you guys use you guys use Dexter knives. I mean, how? So these are in the restaurant industry. These are those are pretty standard knives. Are they? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're just they're, they're knives that a lot of the companies like uh, that you can buy at the big box stores, huh. um, and they come sharp. But okay. They're what we call they're what we call throwaways. Throwaway, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, like after cleaning those rockfish, by the end it's like super dull. Yeah. But then like these things kick ass. Through there a couple of times and it's sharp again. Yeah. So that's kind of sharp knife is the main thing. Yeah, it's just, I've never I've never seen anybody clean a halibut that fast before. <laughs> yeah. Like literally, and I know hundreds of chefs. Really? Yeah, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of chefs. And then the, I was telling Greg and them that you know the first time I'd ever uh, we don't get to see a whole halibut that much. Yeah, uh, in the restaurant industry, they bring them in, you know, mostly fillets, and you portion them from there. We do kind of analysis, and uh, but I remember the first one I got. It must have been, you know, probably twenty-four inches yeah. long, and then right. it's flat and wide, super wide, you know, fifteen inches wide. Um, so that's kind of the first time I've seen one pulled out of the water and cleaned right away. I mean, yeah. I've caught some with Craig before. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the bigger ones are a lot easier, believe it or not. The small ones are hard. Now, what's the biggest fish you've ever caught? Let's see. 
Like, what's your what's your trophy? What's your what's your what you brag about? I mean, I didn't bring it in, but the thing I always brag about is a couple years ago we caught a four hundred and like twenty something pound halibut. Jesus, which is pretty crazy. It threw out Derek's shoulder. We had it up, and we we're getting everything comes over the rail, you know. Yeah. And we had two clients with two gaffs, me with the gaff, and then Derek with the shark hook. And we all gaff it, and we get its head out of the water. You know how halibut, when their head gets out of the water, they do the shake yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And it just does one huge shake and just snapped two of the gaffs in half and threw Derek's shoulder out. Holy but shit. We eventually got it in. But uh, that one, I caught a 365-pound halibut on a skate one time. Um, I think my biggest king is like 30-something. Jesus Christ. But... Yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite the experience. It I've, is. It's crazy. I've never been really fishing off the Pacific Ocean. Um, yeah. uh, the Atlantic, I have a couple of times, and down in Mexico. Uh, but San Juan, I think, is the furthest I've you know been before. Yeah. So it's a really cool fishing. Fun. Yeah. Beeline. <coughs> sea lion so you work in the restaurant industry then um yeah i used to so i mean i yeah i still do um but that is my man bailey he was about to start talking about himself so i told him to cut it off no uh, yeah me (laughs) yeah no we got interrupted by a sea lion oh was eating a halibut carcass oh so delightful it, yeah it was super early in the morning uh we usually took all we took off fishing at about 5 30 every morning and uh yeah so i was like hey you know he's just super duper super quick i've never seen anybody clean fish that fast and uh yeah he'd be he, remember jp who used to have who made sausages mm-hmm. he was like jp making with sausages fish. but with fish that's cool so yeah, it was a great experience. Uh, got to see some whales. Uh, we were tossing uh, uh, fish overboard, and uh, we threw them in the air, and the bald eagles would come and snatch them out of the air. <laughs> it's pretty legit. That is the, what is that called? Uh, the Last Frontier? <laughs> the Last Frontier, yes, that is Alaska. Um, the first fish that we caught was by the way uh any of my friends out there i got a shit ton of uh uh fish if you want me i brought it back why didn't you i told you i had some for you you didn't give that to your boy yeah just holler at me uh, no it's only for close friends <laughs> it's only for close friends uh, i could use it because i'm a broke friend no we caught uh we caught 450 pounds worth of salmon damn um and we, so we had how many know, fish is that total Whew. well we we're allowed to catch uh one king there was five of us fishing, right? Five. Yeah, there was five of us fishing. Uh, the limit was one king per two king, two kings per day, one king per yeah, one king per day, I believe, uh, per non-resident. Six silvers per day. The halibut we didn't catch our limit on halibut, and yeah, I don't know about link cod rockfish and all that stuff. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. But uh yeah, we uh the first very first fish we caught uh a guy named Hugh. Uh the very first fish we caught a 40 pound king salmon. Wow. That was the biggest one we caught the entire trip and it was the very first that fish. Must have been gorgeous. It was. I'll show you a picture when we get off the air. It is uh oh, thank you. Massive. I mean, 
<laughs> a beautiful, beautiful fish. But anyway, uh, yeah, I highly, highly recommend anybody, regardless if you're in the industry, uh, even if you don't like fishing, I would still recommend going to Alaska and uh, chartering a fishing boat and going out and fishing. It is a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. It's beautiful, 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 beautiful. Did I say beautiful? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. It's a lot of fun. And uh, there's nothing like, you know, catching your own fish and then cooking it. Yeah. It's amazing. So I highly recommend it. It pays decent too, right? What pays decent? Going to try to fishing? Well, they didn't pay me to do it. Well, yeah, I know. So, but I mean, in general, a lot of people, a lot of people in the industry that I know, they go up uh, to Alaska in the summertime and fish um, just because it gives them a good chunk of change because they don't do much in Alaska. So you save a lot of money. Yeah, you're out. I mean, you're up early in the morning. You're getting the boat ready and then you're waiting for people. I mean, the commercial fish, commercial fishing is, I guess, is a lot um is a lot different than charter fishing. Charter, charter fishing, fishing is just like people come on and they catch. It's like hunting. They go and exactly, and you have a guide. And so yeah. Bailey was our deckhand, and he helped us. Um, you know, he'd bait our hooks for us. Okay. By the end of the trip, we were all pretty um, synchronized with. You know, one person's got a fish on. You're reeling it in. Somebody grabs a net for somebody else. You pull the fish out. That one gets unhooked. You know, you're you're getting your stuff ready. Some people, you know, I started working the downrigger by myself by the end of the trip. Nice. Uh, other people were baiting their own hooks, you know, just running around everybody, you know, you know, to get your lures out of the water when somebody else is reeling in a fish, you don't want to lose them. By the third day, I mean, I thought I had it down, but on the third day, I, I want to say I lost, I lost almost three salmon in a row. And, uh, and it was, sl- it was like the first day we were on second day we were on, we, we maxed out pretty much every day, but still, uh, it sucks when you lose a fish, man. I bet. It's not you're like all that work. Yeah, not not happy about it. And then you're just hoping and praying you get another you get another bite. Yeah. So anyway. All right, that's enough of my uh fishing trip. Um I also went to uh uh, the push and the Hood River Canal. I uh, didn't get to do any clamming or uh, getting oysters because uh, the beach that I was on was private, mm. and I did not make it down to the public beach and get a permit, so I did not get to go uh, clamming, which was pretty sad. Oh, but I did go to La Push and uh, La Push. La Push. Yeah. La Pouche. All right, Johnny. Uh, what are we talking about? Uh, well. We were going to get into this Sean Brock article that's been trending this past couple of weeks, or was it just this week? It was was this this week. Okay, this week. I remember um, I was on Facebook the other day, and I saw somebody had posted it, and I was like, oh, this must be intense because it's from an actual chef who's posting it. But basically, on uh, July 3rd, Kim Severson wrote an article about Sean Brock and how he's beginning a new quest um, away from his bourbon collection and his alcoholism that he's been dealing with for several years. Um, This article goes on to just basically talk about... um, his past and how he's dealt with a lot of um, emotional stress and things in his life that keep on coming up and he doesn't really have the mechanisms to cope with these certain situations so it seems like he goes and drinks himself to you know oblivion and he's known as the the drinking chef Um, in the article it states that uh, when uh, line cooks would have a long night they'd be like let's go get brocked you know because that's what you do you go get trashed but um it also goes on to say that he suffers from this um autoimmune disease do you remember the name of it robbie 
It was mile. Myasthenia. Yeah, myasthenia gravis. Myasthenia. I don't know. It, it's myasthenia. But yeah, it's a <clears throat> it's an autoimmune that affects your um, your nerves, system. your nervous system, and um, the response times for certain things. So he would have trouble seeing, and uh, eventually he had trouble breathing. It said because uh, it can it moved out. It started in his eyes. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's myas myasthenia. Myasthenia gravis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, when I was looking at the pictures of him, I was like, really, I always thought there was something funky going on with his eyes. But then when you see him licking some pictures, you're like, oh, he looks like he could be <laughs> going blind. <laughs> that was Johnny's quote. He looks like he's going blind. Well, <laughs> he is going blind. Yeah, he is going blind. Um, so right now he's on a drug cocktail that includes some steroids and stuff like that to help him combat this um, illness that he has. And uh, he um, eventually had a intervention, I guess they call it. Yeah, basically he said he had went home from work one night. Getting ready for an event that he was flying out to. Yeah, he was get, he was getting ready for an event, and he somebody had knocked on the door. Who did he think it was? He thought it was a delivery person. He thought it was a delivery a delivery. package. Yeah, delivering a package, and he goes to the door and opens up, and it's three of his colleagues, well known colleagues. Yeah, it doesn't say who it is, which I'm super curious about that. Uh, it says like some of them were his. One of them was his publicist. One of his publicists. One was his publicist. One was I want to say no, it wasn't one of the owners. Of no, but it was like a business partner. Of yeah, some it was sort. a business partner, and then somebody else that could two other people he looked up to. But basically, he said when he opened the door, he knew exactly what the fuck it was, and it was a good old fashioned intervention. Yeah, That'd yeah. be a great intervention episode on <laughs> to uh, have like a, a famous chef. Yeah, oh man, Sean Brock getting all fucked up on bourbon. Yeah. Oh man, I heard I I've heard that he in the past has been pretty crazy on some things, but um. Yeah, so they took him down to Arizona, and he spent six weeks there, um, fully paid for by one of his friends. Is who, no one of his one of his uh, one of the, his business partners. Yeah, they they paid for him to go there. Forty five days. Yeah, they paid cleared his schedule out and did all that so he can um, get his get his shit together. I guess that's you what's could up. Say. Um, the issue that a lot of people are seeing with this article, a lot of the comments that I've read afterwards, a lot of the chef friends that I've read on Facebook after they read this article, was that they're really glad that he's doing this and that he's taking the steps necessary to get sober. Um, in the article. He sells all his all of his bourbon collection um, just to buy a 1967 Roadrunner. So 67 or 69? 69, I think it was a black one. Um, so like he's he's taking the steps to clear his life, rid his life of this alcoholism, but at the same time he is what they call living on the pink cloud. Um, so he's like all happy and joyful and stuff like that. But it's not always like that when you're in recovery because he's freshly out of recovery. So he feels this good, but he doesn't know what he's going to feel like, let's say, three in months the down the road, six months down the road when things are actually getting tough and he's having to deal with certain situations and cope with them um, normally and not reaching for the bottle. Yeah, well, I mean, they're saying in this article, it's like, you know, the, the al just the alcohol wasn't his problem. It yeah. was just a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. and he's got much, much deeper. He had post-traumatic stress. Yeah, from a lot of minor events from his childhood. Um, so who knows, you know, what what else he's going to, you know, how, so people, so he's, he's, this is the first time he's ever had any type of therapy his mm -hmm. entire life. And as me and you both know, uh, 
people in the industry that they look if they go to therapy or they have any kind of mental health issues it's looked it's looked down upon or it's like you're looked it down is. as, as weak yeah and it's like you're almost tougher to do drugs and alcohol no exactly you know and and so that's why i appreciate this article yeah and i went to therapy for a really long time um especially when i was working at one of my last jobs and Every it, you're right. Like every time I mentioned that I go to therapy, everyone would be like, "They look at you sideways." Yeah, they look at, and they're like, "Does it work?" And then you're like, "Yeah, it helps a lot." Yeah, I mean, I've I've told people I'm I'm not ashamed to say, it. you know, I've been going to therapy since shit. I was like eight years old, <laughs> on and off. It's nice to have somebody removed from situations to discuss with, you know, and just to talk about things that are going. Especially on. when it comes to a stressful job. Yeah, uh, those, the therapist always the therapist always tells you to get a new job. Yeah, I know. They're but, like, it ain't that easy. And you're like, you're like, no, but it's it's what I like doing. You know, I enjoy it. And they're like, do you enjoy it or do you enjoy the stress? So I'm interested to see what does come of his sobriety. And I don't want to jinx him and say relapse, but. No, but I think. He's um, still working with alcohol. He's still working with alcohol. He. I mean, but he seems to be more focused on his restaurants. Like he's re. Um, revitalizing what McCreary's or McCready's uh, restaurant so it's kind of like a more fancier table uh, fine dining coursed out menu on one side tasting menu on one side and the other side is an American ale house sort of thing and like he's going he's opening up a husk in in Georgia two two of them yeah and one in um, what Georgia well he's doing one in Georgia and one in another place Virginia yeah, Virginia, I think it was. Um, so he's he's on his way to, you know, he's keeping himself busy with things that are good for him, you know? Like, he's like, all right, this is how I'm going to spend my time. Instead of drinking and getting upset, I'm going to spend my time focusing on my restaurant and creating healthier food options. He says in the article, fuck cooking shrimp and grits, you know? Like, anybody can do that. I want to challenge myself and my cooks and, you know, the industry to cook differently. So hopefully it'll- More healthier. More healthy, yeah. So maybe he'll go back to his, like, you know, when he wrote, uh, what, Heritage? Um, that book was studded with really good heirloom, clean, clean food, you know? And um, I think he kind of strayed away from that for a while because he realized, like his like his big homie, uh, David Chang, that when you cook dirty, you get customers, you know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, at the same time, you got to find that balance. So I'm, I think he's going to find his balance and he's going to come back on top, you know? I didn't know he was gluten-free. That's yeah, what, he's That's what kind of blew my yeah. mind. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll keep you guys updated. And speaking of gluten-free chefs, you know who's not gluten-free? The Lord. Jesus Christ, y'all. <laughs> this is the last article we're going to cover here, in, or the last story we're going to cover here before we get into our ingredient of the week. And uh, so, uh, just to let you guys know, uh, Jesus is not gluten-free. He will never be gluten-free. The Vatican has came out, and they have ruled that the body of Christ will never, it cannot be gluten-free. So uh, in a letter that circulated uh, to all the Roman Catholic uh, bishops, because they were all sending sending letters to the Vatican asking because their uh, worshipers were uh, telling them that they uh, were gluten-free and they could not partake in the, the body and the blood. What? Right? You know what I'm saying? So basically... Uh, 
they had to tell him that, look, the body of Christ, the blessed bread given to the Catholics, it must contain a small amount of gluten, according to the, uh, the Vatican, while the wine must be made from unsour grapes. Sorry, guys. Um, hosts, which are, um, I guess, the people that give the, the blood of the Christ in the body, whatever, um, they... Um, they 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 are supposed to tell people that if you can't if you're gluten free you're allowed to drink uh, some juice. some juice <laughs> some, some Capri Suns <laughs> some Welch's <laughs> you know what I'm saying you can pretend uh, but yeah I mean that's how it is you can also eat uh, you can uh, the the what is it the juice uh, the pressed fruit juice is known as mustum mm-hmm. and then there's also some bread they have but it's it's low got low super low amounts of gluten yeah low gluten bread so uh yeah just let you guys know um no, Jesus was not gluten free. Sean Brock, yes. Jesus, Jesus, no, no. <laughs> All right, Johnny, you're dumb. <laughs> what are we doing for our ingredient of the week? Uh, you wanted to do salmon. I wanted right? to do salmon. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, because I went fishing. And I got a shit ton of salmon. Uh, so uh, Johnny, hit him with your salmon recipe. Hit him with the fork. Skirt, skirt. Um, so what I'm going to do is a little citrus-cured salmon. Uh, I'm not a big fan of citrus-cured salmon, but I know a lot of my friends and family are. And it's great for parties. And it's really fun process to kind of do because it's something different than your regular cooked salmon or, um, you know, steamed, whatever you guys people do at your house and stuff. I like grilled salmon too, though. Um, so what you'll need for this is one cup of kosher salt, a half cup of sugar, one tablespoon grated orange zest, one tablespoon grated grapefruit zest, one teaspoon lemon zest, and a teaspoon of lime zest. You'll take uh, one two to three pound skin on, so lamb and filet, uh, pin bones removed. If you don't know how to remove the pin bones, um, you can kind of see them. It starts at the head and kind of trails off at the tail, and they're these little white bones, and you take like a little pair of tweezers, or fish tweezers as we like to call them, and you'll pluck them out. Always good to have a little glass or some bowl of water to rinse your um, pincers off with, because it helps grip and um, pull the pin bones out. And once you get that all nice, it's nice and smooth on the inside. You don't get those little bones that you have pick out of your mouth later those kind of suck um what you're gonna do is in a small bowl you're gonna combine the salt the sugar and you're gonna stir and distribute the sugar through or you're gonna stir to distribute the sugar throughout the salt so it's an even um combination uh then you'll combine the citrus zest in a other small bowl on a work surface you're going to lay a sheet of aluminum foil large enough to extend beyond the length of the salmon spread a third of the salt mixture in the center of the foil to serve as a bed for the salmon um i also like to do this on saran wrap because i think it's a little bit cleaner especially with all those acids and stuff like that um of, you know, conflicting with the tin foil, it might make a weird taste sometimes. Um, but you'll basically make a bed of this uh, zest and sugar and salt, and you'll lay that piece of fish in that mixture. Um, and then you'll place another mixture on top of that, and you'll kind of wrap it up and preserve it um, in your refrigerator for a couple days. Sometimes people do it for a couple hours if they kind of like that raw sushi sort of thing. But uh, I do it for, you know, maybe a day and then rinse it off. 
Um, and then you slice it thinly and it's super delicious. You can have it on your breakfast toast with cream cheese and uh, capers, as people like to do. Um, or you can even do a little sushi sashimi style with it or you can um, put it on a little salad. That's my recipe. Sounds pretty good. I'm going to do a uh, just a really simple pan-fried uh, crispy salmon. Um, I'll add a couple little cool things at the end. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know. So basically, I like to try and cook my salmon almost all the way through on one side. And I just like to kiss the other side. So you're going to get you're going to get you're going to pin bone your salmon, just like Johnny said. Um, you want to bring it out. And um, usually what I do is I'll dry it really, really, not really, really good. And then I salt and pepper both sides of the salmon. Um, and then I put it, it back into the fridge to sit there. And I, I super liberal amount of salt and pepper um, I use on my salmon. Uh, but I let it sit in the, the fridge. So I'll pull it out, let it defrost, um, salt and pepper, dry it off, salt and pepper it, make sure it's super dry. I'll leave it on the towels in there so any moisture gets absorbed in the towels. And I bring it out um, before I start any of my pans. Um, so I usually will get one, um, I'll get like a, I'll ju- I'll pre-juice a lemon, I'll get like a two pats of butter, uh, grab some dill, you can do some capers too, uh, but just have that stuff ready to go. And then you want to get either a um, small cast iron, I like using a, th- a heavy nonstick uh, skillet. Um, and I use, uh, they, a lot of people say use olive oil. I don't, I use, um, canola oil. It's got a higher smoke point. Um, and then, so you're going to pour about two to three tablespoons, just enough to really, really coat the bottom of the nonstick pan. I mean, you want, you don't really want any part of the fish, not touching any oil. Um, so just enough to coat the entire bottom. Um, and then what I will do is I'll put my heat on medium high until uh, it's uh, it's really really important that you get the um you make the oil really, really hot. So you want to bring it up to temperature. You can check it with the back of a spoon to where the bubbles are uh, hitting a wooden spoon. Pull that out. Uh, turn your heat down to medium. And then you want to sp- set the salmon down very gently um, and uh, into skin side down. And you want to press down in it. Make sure um, the salmon skin is touching, completely touching the bottom of the pan. Um, you want to sit there and let it and watch it uh you can check it probably after about what johnny seven minutes you'd say five minutes it depends on it depends on how low you're cooking um i cook medium medium yeah yeah about five to seven minutes depends on the thickness of your salmon too um so then what i will do after that is then uh once my skin gets nice and crispy not burnt you want really really good color on it gbd Uh, yeah golden crispy brown is that right? GBD. Golden brown and delicious. Golden, <laughs> golden brown and crispy. <laughs> GVD. Yeah, golden brown delicious. Um, so once that happens, what I'll do is I'll pour, pour some of that oil out, and then I'll throw my butter uh, and my lemon, and then I'll begin, what I'll do is I'll begin basting the top of my salmon with that. So once my butter melts with my lemon, I'll add capers to it too. 
and then I'll start basting the top of my salmon until it looks like, and you can watch it slowly cook through mm-hmm. all the way to the top. You'll see the pink begin to rise, for go from raw to cooked. And then what I will do is finally at the end, when it's almost done, I will finally flip it over on the other side and just kiss the, to- the top of the salmon. Kiss it the fish. Yeah, kiss the fish um, and let it sit there for about two, maybe one and a half, two minutes, just until that gets a little bit of color, and then I pull it off and let it rest. Um, the fish, if you want to use a thermometer, uh, one, one, one twenty-five, one thirty. I mean, yeah, you could use a thermometer, but really, uh, if you press the sides of the fish and it, it feels firm, it's yeah, and it's firm, but it has a little bit of give in the middle, then yeah. you're probably there. I mean, in good salmon, you can pretty much eat raw too. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and then what I will do is I will chop up some fresh dill and I will drop it on top of there, maybe with a couple drops of of olive oil. That's just me. You can also take take the fish off and set it on a paper towel and let some of the oil drain off of it, but. It's up to you, people. That is uh, my ingredient of the week. Johnny? Woo! Got anything to take us away? You got any words of wisdom? Um, wear clean underwear when working <laughs> in the kitchen. Yeah, most deaf. And always make sure to wipe thoroughly if you uh, use the restroom because you don't want scratchy butt while you're on the line. Yeah. Those are my words of wisdom. Clean draws, clean mind, right? Clean clean draws, clean bum, clean mind. <laughs> All right, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 78 of Grill How Long Steak, Mister. I want to thank all our listeners for continuing to listen to us and support us. Uh, I want to encourage everybody to go to the iTunes page and give us a rate, a review. Um, One of my friends says that he listens to us strictly on iTunes. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people listen to us straight on iTunes. We don't get, we get no data back from Apple. They're going to be changing that stuff here really, really quick. Apple was really, really hyping up their, um, their podcast app. They're going to uh, really start focusing on some more stuff. So I'm looking forward to maybe working more with Apple. Uh, but in the meantime, you can go to our iTunes. I just got a letter from our iTunes today. They said I reached our data limit, so we got to up that. Uh, yeah. So uh, follow us on SoundCloud. Uh, um, like our page on Facebook, which is Grill How Long Steak Mister. Uh, go follow our Instagram. Our Instagram, actually, you can see pan frying uh, salmon on our Instagram yeah. page. Uh, that shit was legit, homie. Lijite. Uh, what's our Instagram page, Johnny? Uh, at Grill How Long Steak Mister. That's right. Uh, Twitter. If you're on Twitter, uh, hit us up on Twitter. We will respond to you really quickly. Thank you, James Yader. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, at how long steak mister? At how long steak mister? You can follow me on Instagram. I have been getting followers on Instagram through this show, which is crazy. Uh, I gotta check, man. It's mostly I can always tell it's somebody that I don't know. None of yeah. my friends are friends with. And then you look on their page and they got food. So uh, I do appreciate you guys following me on Instagram. I will follow you back. Um, my Instagram is at Bobby Stills. Uh, you can catch Johnny on the gram at at Johnny Toonami. Yeah, and I want to encourage everybody else to go to the Soundcasting Network. Uh, their webpage is soundcastingnetwork.com. We got plenty of other great shows to listen to if you're not into food so much. We got everything for you. There's uh, booze, there's video games, there's uh, television and movies, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, many hip-hop shows, EDM, all that good stuff. Uh, I want to thank uh, Keith, uh, a.k.a. Queef, a.k.a. The Invisible producer uh yeah man thanks for uh, getting my back and johnny's back and uh yeah 
just want to say what's up to uh, who else? Anybody? No, nope, you're going to edit this out, though. No, I won't. <laughs> uh, I want to thank OC Notes for our music, and I want to thank Johnny. Johnny, thanks for not taking care of anything while I was gone. No problem. Glad I could be of assistance. <laughs> All right, guys. Until next week. Thanks for listening and uh, happy cooking. Peace. Grill. How long steak, Mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>